Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and this is episode 32 of Little Things for Bonsai People, the podcast. And this time I am joined by the one, the only, Matt O'Donnell, our editor of the show. He decided to come in and hang out for a moment. How's it going, Matt? It's going great. Can I tell you another secret? I told you a secret offline, but I have another one for you. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's lots of secrets. What's going on, man? Um, you say my name wrong. All right, what is it? What is it? Okay, you have to put a buzzer on that one, so. Oh, I will. Uh, it's gonna have it, to be. And there's an entire recap of all the other words I got wrong, too. You're just going to have to go through. So anyway, what is it? Uh, it's O'Donnell. So oh. think of the E more like an, you know, like a U would be the right way to, the more right way to say it. You know. I've, I've just been letting you get a, get away with it. And. <laughs> But then I thought, I was like, oh, he's having me on. This is the perfect time. Yeah, tell. just to go ahead and call me right out. Because uh, some of the listeners have called me out for saying certain words, and then we'll get into, like, nomenclature. And I'm like, all right, this is how nomenclature works. Uh, what is it? Uh, wow. Not botany. Uh, horticultural practices horticulture. 101. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, however you, pr- you pronounce nomenclature is how you pronounce it, like how you learn. And so I had right. to kind of lean to that. But people's last names? Yeah, not so much. Uh, but yeah, O'Donnell. Yep, that's it. Yep, yep, okay. I said O'Donnell because I added an extra syllable in there. You can't, Kate's giving me yep. a hard time about it. Oh, geez. All right, well, I will try to live that one down. But yeah, awesome. So uh, thanks for coming on, Matt. Um, and, uh, if y'all didn't know from all the times that I've introduced him, uh, he's our editor. He makes me sound smart, just like we were talking about a second ago. Uh, and also, uh, I mean, you can, you can go ahead and throw in your thing if you want, if you want to do your, uh, your, your own little shout out. Oh, my own stuff. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, I am to the listeners, totally unqualified to be here. I know nothing about the subject material (laughs) other than what I've uh, gained from the episodes, but uh, I am a uh, musician in Nashville, mostly a bass player and also a record producer. Um, And uh, the uh, main thrust of uh, the connection here is that I am married to Evan's stepsister. And so uh, that's kind of how we got hooked up for this. But uh, yeah, no one should be under any illusions that I know anything about bonsai. (laughs) But uh, um, yeah, I do some podcast editing uh, in addition, or I have and then started doing this one. So if anyone out there has a podcast that they are doing, and I know that uh, nowadays tons of people have podcasts, but not everybody knows audio. Um, And so... uh, when Evan and I first talked about doing this, uh, I believe you were just saying like, oh man, this is the like the hardest part is having the audio right and blah, blah, blah. And I remember being like, not in a, or in a humble brag way being like, well, editing podcast audio yes, is nothing is not a, is not a heavy lifting <laughs> uh, use of my time. So I'm happy to have done it. So uh, yeah. anyway, so if anyone else out there has anything that they uh, need done like that, uh, let me know. I am available at uh, mattodonnell.com. Also on Instagram, Matt O'Donnell. Uh, same thing on Twitter too, if anyone uses Twitter predominantly. I don't know if anybody does use Twitter that much anymore. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Celebrities. I'm yeah. Uh the last thing I use it kind of as like a newsreader and not really like an interactive space. But uh Yeah. But yeah, those are the ways I'm not really a Facebook guy, so um 
those are the ways to get me. Uh, there's a contact form on my website or just DM me. Uh, that's about it. Yep. Uh, and usually, I mean, I think it's been almost every episode since Matt's been editing, but uh, I put his link in the uh, comment, no, in the description to each episode. You can go to his, you can see all the stuff there in case you guys missed any of that. Uh, before we get too far into today's topic, which is talking to Matt uh, for a little bit here, and then he's going to tell us how we're going to do this this week's episode. Uh, I do need to mention the podcast is sponsored by our amazing patrons called our Bonsai Best Buds. We currently have a good number of them. I lost count, but it's not that many. But uh, but thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show and you know helping us do this. It makes it so much easier. Couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, starting the list off with Tori Solis, Warehouse Rat, Boyd Snellgrove, Ricky Ruins, Joshua Bentley, Snappy Chappers, Ryan Giordano, Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, Backyard Bonesaw Australia, The Ladies at the Flower Market, Taylor Peacock, Chase Putweet, and Vicky Auth. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show, like I said. Uh, we never got to the birthday thing. I never got people's birthdays down. I should start doing that. Since uh, all of our patrons are in the patreon.com, I can send out a, a note for that and start categorizing that, getting something together. Uh, because me and Matt have also talked about how to help out the show and how to you know, look towards the future as well. And one of those things is doing extra things for our, our patrons our, and our regular listeners even, uh, if we can. So those things are in the work. Um, so and and a couple of the things that, to mention too is that the Discord for the Bonsai Best Buds is active. I see that the vast majority of our best buds have entered the Discord. Uh, have you entered the Discord, Matt? I haven't because you haven't told me what it is yet. Oh, okay. Well, I will have to send you the link then. So, but yeah, I will go in there and uh, put Matt in there as well. I know Carmen got in there recently. Uh, but yeah, we'll be looking for stuff in the discord. Like I had mentioned in earlier episodes, if you guys have critiques, listener questions, it makes it so much easier for me to access those things much quicker. Uh, you guys can talk to me, ask me any questions you want. And Carmen, uh, Mike is a pretty busy dude. So, uh, I haven't got him in there yet, but he should be in there pretty soon. Uh, and if we can get everybody riled up on the discord, I, I'd like to do a little bit of listener homework i guess you can say is take cuttings off of your favorite tree that you know grows really well and we can do a little cutting project um something that mike is very familiar with and we'd be able to also explain into really good detail but yeah this those are a couple of interesting things uh i know i can guarantee that if you become a bonsai best bud which is five dollars a month i know it's kind of like a subway sandwich uh every month but uh, or you can just do one dollar. You can do like what used to be the value menu at like McDonald's, but whatever. So, but if you go into our Discord and you throw a tree in there, we'll critique it. We'll tell you how to make it better, and we can. I can even do uh, some one-on-ones, just talking to people about their trees and general guidelines of how to take care of them uh, and how to move your tree forward. Uh, it could be a really good opportunity for that. So, and then I know that Carmen launched the launched the Facebook group. So I know a lot of people are not using Facebook like they used to, but it still helps. It still helps some outreach. So if you guys want to go over to Facebook forward slash uh, little things for bonsai people, you can follow us, like us on there. But yeah, how is it going, Matt, in your part of the world? You're in uh, Nashville. That is correct. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty good. This week is the infamous uh, CMA Fest. It's like the biggest week oh. that happens in Nashville. 
Yeah. And, you know, they do like four or five nights of shows at the Titan Stadium and five or six other stages. It's pandemonium. Uh, this year, I don't have any shows for CMA Fest, which, if I'm being totally honest in a space that no other musicians are going to hear, is a huge relief <laughs> because having to go downtown and deal with that, even if you're, you know, playing is a nightmare. Mm. Uh, parking is just a whole thing. Last year, I had to play one of the two shows I did was at the Ryman Auditorium and uh, we still had to park like normal people because there's no parking for that. Um, and especially it was a, it was a Grand Ole Opry thing. And so there's like four or five bands. So they definitely don't have parking for that number of people. And that was just a whole thing, but, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. It's starting to get warmer. Summer's going to be busier, all the, all the fun stuff. And, uh, my wife and I are getting into, um, our house getting really settled and I'm looking forward to, I think the last thing that has to happen is this studio space has to get, some acoustic panels and things, so there's still plenty to kind of get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like you had just mentioned, y'all got into a new house. Uh, our listeners yeah. not really familiar with much of what's going on, but you got you guys have been living in an apartment for a good while. Um, well, we were living in a house. We were renting. We were renting a house. Oh, it was like yeah, for for rent house. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and for y'all that, well, I mean, nobody knows. Uh, we've never really mentioned, but uh, my st- my stepsister Amanda. Uh, Matt's wife, uh, she is a professional cook. That's right. Yeah. And uh, she serves a good bit of people over there in the greater Nashville area. Yeah. We're up to like something like 30 families a week or whatever, which oh, is. Oh my God. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's more than I can imagine cooking for. Jesus. Yeah. But, we uh, just built out. Uh, last week was the first week of we converted the garage into a commercial kitchen space. And so now is the first time that she gets to have two stoves instead of one and so productivity should be up and things like that and it's by far the best like layout that we've had um instead of renting random spaces to be kitchens like we really got to you know sit down and take some time to figure out how this was going to be laid out well it's it's so insane like i can barely even run one stove by myself like (laughs) (laughs) but yeah more power to her i mean she does an amazing job yeah uh (laughs) we depend on people like you (laughs) The people who can't run a stove on their own are the there, people there you go. that we need. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, and and you said you're you're not playing a lot of gigs. I mean, you just came back from a gig not too long, like moments ago. Well, yeah, I have like one gig downtown a week uh, on Broadway in Nashville that I still keep with uh, a singer named Anna Prad. She's great, and so I keep that gig because it's a whole lot of fun and you'd be surprised how many people are in town on any given Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You say, uh, for all those musicians, musicians, musicians out there, (laughs) you guys are musicians. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, on the bass, especially man, you can rip, but, uh, (laughs) no, uh, you're like other musicians out there may not hear this, but I was thinking, there's a lot of musicians that actually get into bonsai, so I think you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah, I bet. I mean, I just kind of said that offhandedly, but yeah. definitely, uh, yeah, something about art and expression and things like that. And Oh, yeah, they all co- they all go coexist t- together. It's yeah, kind of we funny. We should do an episode uh, about that sometime. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Uh, I, yeah, I would love to do a big collective kind of thing, how me and Mike kind of went on about 
art versus bonsai thing, but then yeah. expand the horizon a little bit more on the art side. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, it's funny I to say that uh, musicians get into bonsai as well. I've actually met quite a few tattoo artists as well. That seems to be another facet of uh, people that are connected to it. Um, really? I, I say That's... a lot, but I know of a good bit of people that are not only interested in tattoo culture, but also tattoo artists as well. So. Oh, that's interesting. What a, I mean, I guess that makes sense, mm-hmm. but yeah. where there's some sense to be made of that, but ju- that just sounds kind of random. Yeah. And I think it is kind of like, uh, as the generations that of people that get into bonsai as time co- kind of moves along now, um, the next wave of, of bonsai people tend to be your really eclectic people. So I can kind of see that, yeah. um, as to where that's coming from. Yeah. Punk rock bonsai. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's kind of <laughs> it's kind of the direction that I'm looking at, but it's hard to portray that feeling. But I don't know. Uh, there's some people that are doing some of those things out there, but you know, I, oh. I'm not going to push the limits just yet uh, as far as designs and stuff. You know, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you said that you feel like you shouldn't be talking bonsai, but I feel like from editing the episodes, you've collected a good bit. Uh yeah. There's a fair amount. Um, like I said, uh, I know you're not ready to talk about that uh, video clip that I sent you yet, but the fact that I was able to watch, you know, that dude in that hack and slash out like a tree, and I was just like, oh, it doesn't have the pent up energy for that. Well, okay. <laughs> so, actually, what a that's random thing to, you know. So, I mean, this was supposed to be one thing with this episode, but we could we could turn the tide slightly. I did watch that video. Me and Caitlin actually uh, sat down oh. and watched it for a moment. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw how you spliced it up. But, uh, yeah, I just grabbed all the parts of that of TV that show, of that episode, and like only the things that pertained to them doing bonsai. The rest of it was, um, you know. If there's a way I can put a link for that, is that possible? Uh, yeah, let's do... I can make that some sort of like uh, unlisted YouTube or Vimeo link. Okay. And then we and just throw that. it my way. Um, yeah. And so I can't remember the exact name of the show, but I do remember the premise. Um, what was the name of the show? It was a British uh, home. Yeah, it's show. called uh, it's called Escape to the Chateau, where <laughs> basically the I'm idea sorry. is that is that this uh, this UK couple buys a uh, dilapidated you know estate in France, and they just kind of for nine seasons or something like that now have been progressively. Uh, restoring it for you know like getaway weddings or whatever and just having like all kinds of things for it but uh there was this episode recently that amanda and i watched where they were converting the like wash house the old wash house into like a small indoor pool Mm -hmm. and they decided they were going to put some bonsai trees in it yeah and that was pretty awesome yeah (laughs) because they they okay so i do had some critiques i'm not i don't want to bash the show at all because the, uh, their heart's in the right place for it for sure uh because the bathhouse i feel like it and they were keeping it a bathhouse right like uh um, indoor yeah thing. but instead of like doing like wash in it they were having it be for like swimming yeah rather than like washing you know linens or whatever yeah and in my opinion the overall aesthetic of the of the the wash house is not what I would imagine for a, you know, constant display of maybe bonsai. 
Um, uh-huh. But their approach to the materials was really interesting because they weren't approaching it from an aspect of where it was completely, you know, this because there's like the karate kid approach, which is actually not terrible, but it's still there's still some fundamentals that are missing there. Uh-huh. Um, their approach was actually kind of interesting. The uh, the gentleman on the show chose a, a juniper from what I remember it was some kind of conifer, but it was I think it was in the juniper family. And uh, and his approach was pretty straightforward. I mean, he did cut on the roots, but that was one of the things I kind of looked at, too, is like the plants were young, so they weren't anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't anything like uh, if you guys go over to like the Instagram, I just posted a video, a reel of me in the Rocky Mountain State Park with a literal twisted old ancient tree. It's, it was nothing like that, you know, so they're little young trees that if you were to repot it and cut it back, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I just did notice that in parts of the how they were potting the trees up, they were they were mounded up because the 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 amount of root versus the size of the pot that they were going into was it was a little challenging. But I mean, they weren't 100 percent wrong. And then um, I wish I knew what plant that the woman chose because it was very interesting. It was not in leaf and had thorns all over it. So it might have been. I, it, and if I had to guess, it was something that's very common in uh in england so they probably looked up like species that you would use for bonsai in their area and the yeah. blackthorn and the hawthorn the common hawthorn is like the number one deciduous species over there so hmm. they weren't wrong you know but they weren't trying to like show off any kind of bonsai like pre- practitioner prowess or anything but you know <laughs> Their heart was yeah right <laughs> no yeah that was the entire thrust behind it for like me wanting to show it to you was just that idea that like you know they grabbed something probably from the grounds you know of their estate mm-hmm. and we're like oh this would look great if we just shaped it up and whatever but uh yeah like i said there was just that one part where they're he's just kind of you know hacking away at it on the table and i was like Oh no, is that good? I bet that can't be good. <laughs> like that amount of editing probably is not not great for yeah, for the tree. So for for like a young like I was mentioning earlier, like a young juniper, you'd be surprised. Um some of the the garden junipers, especially the ones we use in Louisiana, they would work in a lot of places the uh Procumens Nana Green Mound or the um Parsoni juniper those those two junipers are nearly bulletproof i mean they can take a lot of abuse and whenever i say abuse guys i don't mean like like magical to the point where you're you're just doing this consciously if you're a beginner and you're going out and you're working with your first tree and you were to cut it back hard like that as long as you were to keep it outside so that's one of the other things i I was kind of noticing with the clip is like they were doing it inside of the wash house and that that's the classic that's the classic like uh, representation of bonsai is just you always see the trees inside of a building. So like with Mr. Miyagi, he's got his juniper collection, but it's inside of his work shed where he's like hanging out all the time, working on his trees, and they look healthy and stuff, but they just won't grow there. And then you go to like like Cobra Kai, where uh, where Daniel uh, later on when he's grown up, he owns his car dealership. He's working on. The, the bonsai quote unquote trees that he gives to like each customer as he sells a car and they're locked away in a storage locker, like in, in another shed. And it's oh. just always that thing with like, this is a tchotchke. So I'm just going to keep it on the shelf and trim it. Like, you know, that's just, 
you know, that's just the mis- misconception thing we have to break down. Yeah, sure. Well. But yeah, uh, I would love to do a compilation of of like bonsai in films. I haven't oh, yeah. really seen anybody do that before. Um, I do have to point out before I move past this whole conversation about uh, mistreatment of young plants for bonsai. Um, but Gemini Man, you ever heard of that movie? Uh, no. Gemini Man. Well, maybe is, I have, but I don't know that I've seen it. I mean, it's a Will Smith film. So if you've seen that one, you've you've seen any of the films, kind of like you've seen them all. Um, sure. It, but yeah, Gemini Man, uh, Will Smith is an old operative in like the military. Like he was a trained super soldier or something crazy, of course, because it's a sci-fi thriller. Um, and he has a, has like a special clone of him made where he's like young Will Smith and they use augmentation to make him look younger. And, uh, it was the first time they'd used like that kind of movie effect. Uh, and it was really cool. Uh, but that's, that's beside the point though. Uh, besides two Will Smith's like duking it out, like old grizzled Will Smith versus like fresh Prince of Bel-Air Prince. Uh, I mean, uh, not Prince, but uh, Will Will Smith. It was, it's actually kind of interesting, but um, yeah, there's actually bonsai in the beginning of that movie that are spectacular. And that was oh, really, the, yeah, it was one of the first times I ever seen a movie or a show represent bonsai in that way. Um, so yeah, if listeners are interested, uh, my, I might have to just sit down one day and just kind of categorize by like, this movie at this, at this time signature and this movie at this time signature and give like an opinion on them. That would be kind of funny. I'm glad yeah. we I'm glad we brought that up just like talking around in a circle. But uh that's that's actually one of the things that we try to do here with the show is make it a little bit more a little bit more freeform banter, you don't want to be too too singular with the the uh the topics. Um but yeah, one of the things I wanted to kind of go over for a second, I know we talked about the show. Uh just for a point of reference, uh for the bonsai show, I am currently in Denver, if anyone's interested. I'm sitting in a hotel right now. Um the tree that I'm going to show at the ABS show is sitting out on the balcony. Um, and I could kind of give some interesting details about that. Um, I'm sure the listeners wouldn't mind. I mean, this is, and this is a special impromptu type of episode uh, because me and Carmen will pick up a episode uh, for this, this week to kind of recap how the show, how ABS was the American Bonsai Society learning seminar. Um, but yeah, we, we drove, we actually drove here. We drove here, uh, it was 18 hours. It was a little bit less than I thought. Um, hmm. And then, uh, how far is it from Nashville to Louisiana? Like eight hours of actual drive time, and we normally make it in like nine with stopping. Okay. So, I'm, well, I'm, that also depends on if we're going to Denham Springs or Punch Tula, because okay. that's a whole like extra 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah, because the you have to jump off and off the main uh, interstate yeah. to yeah yeah, but uh yeah so eighteen hours up here and I was initially I was under the assumption that it was gonna be uh, dry and 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 hot here because it's June we get here and it is it is uh fifty degrees it feels great outside and it really hasn't gotten above sixty and the and they had a weird um i was talking to somebody local here was telling us that this is the first time in like 150 years that they've gotten this much rain this time of the year um Hmm. and it's kept the temperatures really low so it's actually been pretty comfortable for the for us and the tree 
I was a little anxious because we eventually got here and I was like, oh, I got to get this tree somewhere. And it's and I think kind of talking about traveling with with a with a bonsai, especially one you can't just like fiddle in your lap, uh, because that was one of the things that wish we could have done. I wish I would have submitted a smaller tree. It could have been like a carry on. I could have jumped on a plane with it easily. But uh, I had to be a doofus and submit a really big tree. Um, yeah, how big is that tree? We were, I was, Amanda and I were looking at it the other night, and uh, I couldn't like eyeball necessarily how big it was. It's uh, the box that we built to put it in the back of the pickup truck that we rented to drive up here. It was four yeah. feet by four feet. Okay, cool. So I was about right. So it's about probably yeah. about three feet, like between. Like it's three it's and like three and, three and, and a half tall. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, go me. I figured yeah. that I was about right. <laughs> You're kind of using your your scale to the back yeah. of the truck, and that yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's it's not a small tree, but it's the style that it's in makes it really wide. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So I just went ahead and just built a box, put it in the back of the truck, secured it. Uh. Fortunately, it's a water elm, so I can put it in a standing bucket of water like it's in right now. I'm looking at it now, and I've I have, in my uh my accent plant is um you guys can go refer to my facebook page you can see the accent that i made it's uh pitcher plants venus supply trap and sundews and they love being drenched in water too so it's just been kind of win-win for these guys uh i did get a little bit nervous about the cool weather because it was it was like approaching 100 degrees in louisiana and we got here and it's 50 degrees for the past three days on this tree so my my anxiety was just like it was going to go into like a like a premature kind of fall kind of tinge a little bit but uh I was wrong. It grew up. It's grown like a couple of three inch shoots on it. So every, everything is well. <laughs> so, hmm. uh, but yeah. And then uh, we'll, we're approaching the show and I'll just go up to the Denver Botanical Gardens and get it presented there. So it's it's been a really fun trip, especially. Oh, dude. Explore, I don't know. If, have you explored the uh, the Rocky Mountains yet, Matt? Um, I've been over there a bunch for touring purposes, which means. You know, usually I can get out in the morning and early afternoon before sound check or whatever on tour days or whatever. So not like a hardcore ex- exploration, but uh, yeah, I've been out there a bunch. I do really like that that area of the country a lot. Yeah, um, we're in Denver, and so we actually started our our initial stop in uh, Colorado was in is that Springs. Yeah, Colorado Springs, and we went to yeah, the, Colorado uh, Springs is cool. The Garden of the Gods, I highly recommend. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, very interesting natural rock formations just popped up out of the ground that somebody mm. discovered and was like, this is going to be a great spot for a beer garden one day. And uh, and it was kind of funny because the guy said that initially and then kind of like talked it over with other people in the area. And then he ended up donating it to Colorado Springs as like a public park and it should always be free and it, you can... And he wants it to be where you never have to pay to view that because it's so beautiful. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, I highly recommend it uh, if you guys. And there's probably some people. And I know a couple of our listeners, uh, some of our bonsai buds actually are in the Colorado area. Um, so they they know. But anyone else traveling for out. Yeah, it's a great area. Um, and then are any uh, of the uh, are any of the best buds going to be at the show? Oh yeah, yeah. I think a, a couple. I had a couple message me on uh, on Instagram and say, "Hey, you're gonna be at the yeah, show." Cool. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, Facebook and stuff like that. So yeah, it and I I can't wait to to meet them and uh, and shake their hand, talk bonsai in person. That's what this is all about. I mean, we get together to talk bonsai. Um, I mean, 
you haven't had the pleasure of a bonsai show, like a good show yet, Matt. Yeah. But uh, I think there should be stuff. Uh, Tennessee actually ho- like homes one of like one of the best. I'm just going to say it. One of the best bonsai artists out there, Bjorn. Uh, Bjorn home. He's actually not too hmm. far from where you're at. Oh, cool. Um, and so, uh, I know you have to like, you have to like register a t- ahead of time to go visit his garden, but I think you and Amanda would really enjoy that. Um, I mean, if you yeah. want, really want to get a grasp of it, of like, of the bonsai that me and Carmen and Mike talk about, uh, some really, he has some really excellent trees and, uh, he's pioneering like the new American bonsai movement. So he's part of that. So a lot of the trees that, that he has, developed are are rocky mountain junipers or other native pines like the limber pines ponderosa pines etc etc so these would be the first true american yamadori bonsai trees for the united states would be like hallmark trees one day i think it's a great i mean he's he's really doing a great service to the bonsai world man uh so yeah shout out to bjorn go check out his stuff i mean if you're listening to my podcast you know who bjorn is i don't have have to say anything for that guy but yeah uh but yeah it's when it, it, it anyway so yeah when you get a bunch of people get together at a convention or like a bonsai show it it really shows what it what it really is all about so yeah like i said i can't wait to meet uh some any of the listeners that might be there keep an eye out for things and if you're in the discord and you know of shows nearby or you guys want to talk bonsai in a, on a different aspect because i know me and mike have talked about it but there's prospects for doing like zoom call uh, one-on-ones or even group calls for bonsai clubs that could be a possibility so if you guys are interested in that just let us know um but yeah uh so we talked about earlier how we were going to handle like a short shorter version of the episode it seems like i'm running it a little longer just kind of going on and on but uh that's what we do podcasts for so what do you have put together for us uh for this particular episode matt <clears throat> Yeah, cool. So uh, the thing that I wanted to do was start figuring out about a month ago or so uh, what we would do when there was like a week that uh, there really wasn't going to be an episode, which now we've pretty much done an episode. But uh, uh, something that I've noticed from other podcasts is doing taking some like related material from various episodes in the archive and putting them together to create sort of like an omnibus of that thing. And uh, in my limited knowledge of bonsai, I definitely think there's a lot of ground for taking stuff that you guys have talked about and uh, finding ways to present it again, because I know from things that uh, I'm a total nerd about, there's never any harm in like going back and like getting back into something again and sort of whittling that down and sanding it, that knowledge into something smooth. So I thought a cool thing to do would be to take some of the uh, archived uh, bonsai word of the weeks or words of the week. Yep. There yep. you go. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. I had an Evan moment there for a minute. Oh uh, man. Uh, Don't even, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some words of the week and, uh, just kind of put those segments together and, uh, hopefully for the listeners, this can help, uh, build that vocabulary up and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool to have a back catalog. This was, this is what I was hoping to have for the show too is just like a reference a point of reference um 
because unfortunately for for a podcast you can't go in and and type in like when was this mentioned like in, like in an article for instance like if you had like a yeah. like a doc like a google doc style thing where you can type in hashtag what is you know where was this said um so yeah this is a, this is a great thing to kind of go back like matt said just recap your knowledge um and i mean there's even some words that i even forgot about talking about but uh <laughs> going back and hearing them again uh, would be great for everyone. So yeah, uh, thanks for putting this together, Matt. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the uh, the little omnibus of bonsai words of the week. As an interesting close to our episodes, we can. Uh, I, I think I messaged this to you earlier, Mike. Uh, Let's do a the bonsai word of the day or a bonsai word of the week. Um, we'll take like a a term that it will help us all kind of learn a little bit, um, and also our listeners as well, and just kind of define that word real quick as a as an ending note on each one. Can uh, we do yamadori since we kind of already brought that up? <laughs> yeah, yamadori can be the bonsai word of the day. We're not going to go into detail. We're just going to describe what it is and okay. we'll make sure that all the listeners are familiar with the word, and we can build. Uh, our vocabulary here in bonsai. So Yamadori, uh, who wants to, who wants to define that word? Not Sorry, I'm wants. still Googling myself. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just boring. I'm just Carmen. No, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Great information, Carmen, boring as ever. <laughs> no, <I'm> just joking. <laughs> so, so Yamadori to me, I, I, I will go ahead. Of course, I got to be verbose and I got to like give it this big old thing. Yeah, um, do, but do, Yamadori, do the Mike Lane thing. The Mike Lane thing, you know. Uh, Yamadori, I, I have a, I'm a stickler for this because I hear it used all the time for material that uh, shouldn't be called Yamadori, and I know that sounds harsh, but the reality, harsh. Is the translation is that it's a mountain tree. It is a mountain tree, and so more realistic or a more realistic way of thinking about it is it should be a tree that you cannot grow in your lifetime. So it should be a tree that grew in, a, in conditions that grew the tree so slow that if you were to try to repeat those efforts, it, you wouldn't live long enough. That's mm -hmm. the point of Yamadori is, is hunting down these environments that grow these trees into dwarfed trees. And so why are they so valuable? Because you have old wood that now will last hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So Yamadori, I, I'm a firm believer, mountain tree or similar like trees. Excellent definition. Not, not just the not just the dug up tree. The uh, we're gonna make a whole vocabulary book. I'm, I will go verbate verbatim and like write down what each of us give for definitions. <laughs> Mike, you get that one because you were so you were you were like so ready to answer that one. But it's, I'll get, it's something I think about a lot. <laughs> I'll get the next one, buddy. And guess what? We'll we'll do Yamadori next episode just for you. If we don't have any guests coming up, we'll do Yamadori next, I think. Yeah, um, we should uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, very good. That so would then be what, cool. what would you call what would you call a tree you pull out of a swamp? Uh a Numidori. No, be I would still I it depends because well, some I, of those environments like if I may pulled, oh, uh, not Numa. Because <laughs> Numa means swamp in Japanese. And if I'm not ah. saying it right, and I, I thought I was clever doing this, doing uh, Google Translate. But anyway, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Mike. Yeah, Yamadori <laughs> could be swamp or field or forest collected. Okay. But that this is for another episode. Okay, sorry, sorry. I don't want to spoil right, the listeners right. too much. All right. But anyway.
We're nearing the end of our show here, uh, but before we sign off, we'd like to talk about the bonsai word of the week. And me and Mike have chosen Takagari. Tachiagari. Tachiagari. I'm I'm the think one of the things here with our show is I'm the best at pronouncing things. So if you can't tell, but yeah, Tachiagari. Uh, and we like to do. We're going to define the word, talk about it for a couple of sec, for, for a couple of minutes, and uh, so everybody can learn some new uh, bonsai terminology. I know you said earlier, uh, don't worry too much about the terminology in bonsai. That's one of the things we talk about uh, here. Sure, and, yeah. and it's good. And, and so many times the Japanese terms are just easier. They'll have yeah. one word instead of instead of a dead branch that the, on which the bark has come off and, and you know <laughs> right, I mean, right. <laughs> they've got three letters that that say it right so yes. yeah awesome. so what is tachiagari then how do we define that well the 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 area of the trunk between the root base and the first branch mm -hmm. uh yeah. typically and um so the question is what what's important about that and yeah the importance of, of the tachigari is in the first place it defines the style of the tree um whether that is uh an erect vertical uh movement whether it is um um you know a slanting movement whether it already has a curve in it um you know whether whether it tapers well um mm -hmm. so that that distance is really to me it's what defines the style of the tree as soon as you if you're picking out a piece of material or whatever you if 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 there's something in the ground uh and you're collecting very possibly you don't see the rootage because there's a layer of duff or or organic matter or debris or something on the ground around it if you're in a nursery it's it's in it's in a pot and there's stuff mm -hmm. around you don't really see the root base at first the yep. first thing that you see um is that trunk as it emerges from the earth um mm -hmm. until the branch structure begins right and mm -hmm. so um that's really that's where you start that's where you say oh i think i can use that or that looks interesting. I think this bears further inspection. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and in terms of if you're if you're judging an exhibit, for instance, um, the length of the tachigari has a lot to do with the balance of the tree. So, so for instance, balance has a lot of different uh, characteristics, right? So. One thing can be horizontal balance. We're we're balancing from left to right. Uh, balance in in Japanese in the Japanese professionals, when you talk about balance, you're almost always talking about areas of density mm -hmm. and whether mm -hmm. they balance. But there's also balance between the bottom of the tree and the top of the tree. And yeah. so so if the tachigari, let's say, is too tall, and you end up having one half trunk and one half uh, crown sometimes that that throws your proportion off a little bit it can throw your balance off a little bit um so not only the thickness the thickness is related to age uh the direction is related to the style of the tree 
The length of it is related to balance of the tree. So in other words, that that one piece, that one area is sort of what you focus on first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Learning about the the Tachigari is something that has changed my perspective on uh, approaching material to begin design on on, you know, everything that I, I look at now. So I'm really glad that I had learned that that word earlier on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it uh, it definitely helps. But uh, yeah, well, but yeah, the, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, before we wrap up, uh, I heard you earlier say that could be our bonsai word of the week. I already had one. Oh, okay, well, don't steal my well, thunder, Carmen. Sorry, sorry. sorry. What's your what's your what's your word of the week? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, it is nabari because uh, I thought it was pretty relevant to this episode. Oh yeah, totally. Nabari is going to set the. Is a set the set the standard, the taper, the proportions of your tree, um, and nabari is kind of everything for bonsai. I mean, if you don't have mm -hmm. nabari, it looks like a stick in a pot. It looks like a a telephone pole. I mean, these are derogatory derogatory terms for bonsai, mm -hmm. um, but it just that's what gives you the age, the unless, maturity. Unless, unless it's a yamadori, then unless, yeah, and it's a conifer with yeah. a deciduous yamadori you know yeah you can always fix that right but with it like a, or yeah with a, a conifer yamadori this will be a good one for mike um sometimes you don't you don't have nabari and that's okay um but yep. yeah in in general nabari very yep. important now that i'm thinking about it my last trip up to see you guys um i do remember seeing a lot of shore pines that mm -hmm. that john aids had yeah they just don't really and didn't have any have nabari and they just come out of the ground yeah. i'm like oh this is kind of cool though because then yeah you kind of figure out you got to just find your way with the piece of yamadori mm -hmm. uh, so now that we've thoroughly confused everyone on oh, how yeah, to yeah. No, this... trees <laughs> see you next time this no. is valuable information <laughs> uh, uh no the uh the bonsai word of the week and Oh, yes. Let's not forget the bonsai word of the week. The bonsai word of the week is tanuki, tanuki. which is a it's a half dog, half raccoon. <laughs> there's this there's this creature in Japan that looks like a raccoon, but it's actually a canine and it's called a tanuki. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so a real thing. Or is... I've been it's it's mm. it's real. Yes. Um, but in bonsai, it's uh, it's the word for what it, no, it's another craft. way to politely say your tree to politely is a say. phoenix graph which sometimes is looked down upon and sometimes it's huh. not depending on the, the circumstance or how well done a phoenix graph graft or tanuki is is carried out um mm -hmm. and so just mm -hmm. kind of break that down even further for our, our listeners who are not familiar with either of those uh so you take a piece of deadwood that you think would be a charming bonsai that would have like a driftwood style or a shari, uh, lots of shari. And then you take something like a juniper or a pine. I've seen it done with elms and stuff like that as well. And they'll cut either, either cut a channel into the deadwood uh, or into the driftwood, or they'll, they'll meticulously um, position the other plant in a way to where it appears that that, deadwood or driftwood was part of the tree initially during styling development collection. Um, and Tanuki is a trickster 
in Japanese folklore. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called that because the creator of a of a tanuki is trying to fool the viewer into thinking this tree is ancient. And in fact, it was an old piece of driftwood or dead wood that they had found. And they introduced a younger plant to build branch structure and canopy onto it. Um, and that's what I was saying. Like, sometimes it's looked down upon. But if you want to create your own tanukis, there's, I mean, it's your book. I've seen really good ones and I've seen really bad ones. One thing we need to say, so. though, even even if it even if it might be considered a bad one, it's still your bonsai garden. It's still your bonsai practice. So yes. create one if you like. Experiment all you like. Um, but yeah. It, if it's very clear, then it it's not really fooling anyone. But I don't want to I don't want to be mm-hmm. mean about it. Uh, but no, uh, I have I have seen some tanukis and been like, wow, I I wouldn't even know if you told me. So, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you, bonsai word of the week for confusing everyone yet again. And also thank we've been doing good. So uh, we barely have enough time for our bonsai word of the week. Oh yeah, what is that? Um, so it's going to be, what is it? Um, <laughs> everyone's like the Pee Wee's Playhouse, all the, all the, uh, the furniture is going to jump up and scream. Uh, Shari Miki. You know Shari what that Miki. is? Shari Miki. No, I just uh, know Shari. So based off of what you know, what Shari is, what do you think the Miki is? I have no idea. Um, it means driftwood. Oh. So driftwood styles is kind of what that's kind of aimed towards. Oh. Uh. So junipers that have a very, uh, very obvious concentration or feature of the bonsai is the deadwood style of the tree. It would be a driftwood style bonsai um, where the the deadwood quality is over the top. It has lots of dramatic movement or it has a lot of feeling in the way that the driftwood is presented and it's a main feature of the tree where the foliage is really just kind of framing in that deadwood i feel like kimura like immediately comes to my mind with some of those junipers yeah kimura is kind of like the king of crazy you know jagged uh looking just pieces of deadwood that just come out very very long but then you're you're uh your foliage just kind of feels like it's trying to hold everything together. There's so much energy, you know, the trees, it, the tree obviously has had suffered the trauma. And now we're, we're finding a new, be, a new beginner, a new beginning mm-hmm. for this, for this tree and its foliage. Um, I think it's a very poetic uh, way to look at these old bonsai with a mm-hmm. lot of awesome deadwood. <laughs>